are glad you could join us today for the Concepts of Faith broadcast. This program is dedicated to teach you how to put the Word of God to work so that it will make a positive difference in the everyday circumstances of your life. And now, here's Charles Caps. I'll tell you what, I'm excited about the Word of God. I'm excited about the subject I'm sharing on. I'm talking about Jesus, our intercessor. Now, in the service that we had last night, we talked about Isaiah, the 53rd chapter, where the Bible says that Jesus made intercession for the transgressor. Then we find in Romans, the 8th chapter, verse 27, that he makes intercession for the saints. Now, we're not going to turn to those scriptures at the present time. We may get into Romans, the 8th chapter, a little further on. But not only does Jesus intercede for the saints, he interceded here on earth for the transgressors. In fact, the Bible says Jesus died for the sinner. Now someone said, well, you just don't know how bad I've been, that I've just so ungodly. Well, you qualify, (laughs) because Jesus died for the ungodly. He made intercession for the ungodly. But now Jesus' ministry at the right hand of the Father, is making intercession for the saints. And Romans, the eighth chapter, tells us he does it according to the word of God or according to the will of God, which would be the word of God. Can you see that? Now, I want you to turn with me to Hebrews, the ninth chapter. Let's read from verse 24, and we'll read down several verses here, then we'll get into the tenth chapter. Let me preface what I'm going to say with this. I think sometimes maybe we make this thing of intercession too complicated for people. I believe it's the simple truths of God's Word that we need to really lay hold on. You know, we can get things so complicated until nobody can understand them. But God's Word is very explicit and very simple in some of these things. You know, sometimes we say secrets of intercession or secrets to success or whatever, but all of it is brought out in the Word of God. It may be hidden from some because they haven't dug it out. But really, these are not really secrets. They're things that are plainly open to us. I think it's the simple things that we need to zero in on and to keep it simple where we can all operate in it. Now, In the scriptural journey that we'll take tonight, I want to share with you what I see the Spirit of God saying about the intercessory ministry of Jesus here on this planet Earth today, how he is able to do it, why he can do it, and how he can do it legally upon the earth today, even though he is seated at the right hand of the Father. Now, as we read here from the 24th verse in Hebrews, the ninth chapter, it says, For Christ is not entered into the holy place made with hands, which are the figure of the true, but into heaven itself, now to appear in the presence of God for us. Now, that's what he's doing there. He is there to appear in the presence of God for us. He represents us in heaven, and we, in effect, represent him here on this planet Earth. Now, the Apostle Paul said this in Ephesians. He said, we have been raised up together and made to sit together with him in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. 
Now sometimes people say, well, we're just poor beggars here on the earth just trudging through the heat and the cold, just hope to God I can make it in, maybe he'll build me a cabin in the corner of glory land. Well, now that sounds good to religious minds sometimes, sounds real humble, but it's really not, it's just ignorant. <laughs> you know, no, thank God he raised us up together with him. When he was exalted and seated at the right hand of the Father, we were raised up and made to sit together in heavenly places. How? How are we made to sit together in heavenly places? The Apostle Paul says, in Christ Jesus. No, it's not in our own ability. It's not in our own power that we're able to be there, but we're there in Christ Jesus. We're made to sit together with him. He is exalted far above all principality, power, might, and dominion in every name that is named. Not only in this world, but also in the world which is to come. And we have been raised up together and made to sit together in heavenly places with him. Now, in effect, what that means, that it blends in with this scripture here, it says, for now to appear in the presence of God for us. There's a scripture in Hebrews and I intended to look it out and didn't get around to doing it today, that says that he is the forerunner of us to heaven. In other words, talking about Jesus, the forerunner for us has entered into heaven. He's the forerunner into heaven there. And he's there representing us. We're here on the planet Earth representing Jesus on this planet. And when the church, the body of Christ, begins to realize that that's what we're doing here as being here to do what Jesus did when he was on this planet, then we'll see Satan underfoot of the body of Christ. You notice that Jesus is there in the presence of God for us. He's not there for himself. He's not there because of something he wanted to do. He's there in the presence of God representing us there in heaven. And I'll tell you, you're represented quite well there. And we're to represent him here on this planet Earth. Now, let's follow this down just a few verses here. Well, let's come on down to chapter 10. For the law, having a shadow of good things to come, and not the very image of the things, can never with those sacrifices which they offered year by year continually make the comer thereunto perfect. For then would they have ceased to be offered, because that the worshiper, once purged, should have no more consciousness of sin. But in those sacrifices there is a remembrance, again made of sin every year, for it is not possible that the blood of bulls and goats should take away sin. Wherefore, when he cometh into the world, he saith, Sacrifice and offering thou wouldest not, but a body thou hast prepared me. Now you ought to underline this verse of scripture here, verse 5, especially the phrase where it says, But a body thou hast prepared me. Because it's important to know why Jesus had to come to the earth in a physical flesh, blood, and bone body to represent God manifest in the flesh and to be the sacrificial lamb for us. And not only that, so that he would be able to ascend into heaven and to be there in the presence of God for us and represent us. Now, if we follow this down, he says, Burn offerings and sacrifices, for sin thou hast had no pleasure. Then said I, Lo, I will come in the volume of the book it is written of me, to do thy will, O God. Above, when he said, Sacrifice and offering, 
burnt offerings and offering for sin thou wouldest not, neither had pleasure therein, which are offered by the law. Then said he, Lo, I come to do thy will, O God. He taketh away the first, that he may establish the second. He took away the first covenant. He was the fulfillment. When Jesus hung on the cross and said, It is finished. That didn't really mean that the plan of redemption was totally and completely finished in effect. He was saying the last sacrifice that will ever be received by God the Father from this planet Earth has been received. The old covenant had been fulfilled. He came not to do away with the covenant, but to fulfill it so we could go on to the new covenant, which is a better covenant. And you say amen. How many of you know that this new covenant is better than the old covenant? If it wasn't, we'd still be under the old covenant. We'd be better off under it. But thank God, we're under the new covenant. Now, when you read about the things that the people had to do once they sinned under the old covenant, you're glad that you're not under that covenant. We have a scripture now in 1 John 1, 9, says if we confess our sins, he's faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Well, under the old covenant, you know, I was reading the other day about the old covenant there and the things they had to do. Once they sinned, I don't see how they ever had time to sin anymore if they offered all them sacrifices. I mean, man, it was cutting up meat from then on and offering sacrifices, brother. You didn't have time to sin. <laughs> Thank God for the new covenant. I'm excited about the new covenant. Now, he came to establish the second, by the which will, we are sanctified through the offering of the body of Jesus Christ once for all. And every priest standing daily, ministering and offering oft times the same sacrifice, which can never take away sin. But this man, after he had offered one sacrifice for sins forever, sat down at the right hand of God from henceforth, expecting till his enemies be made his footstool. Did you know Jesus was expecting? He's expecting his enemies to be put under your feet. Now see, in Ephesians, the Apostle Paul says that Christ is the head of the church. We're the body. And you see, the feet are in the body. A footstool is something you put your foot on. Jesus is seated at the right hand of the Father until his enemies are made his footstool. And he's sitting there expecting expecting that the body of Christ will put Satan underfoot. And to be quite frank about it, as far as I can tell from the Scriptures, Jesus will continue to be seated at the right hand of the Father until the body of Christ gets Satan underfoot. It's time that we realize that Jesus' return does not depend just on what God decides or what God does, it depends on what the church, the body of Christ does. Because he is going to stay seated at the right hand of the Father until we get Satan underfoot. Thank you so much for joining us for the Concepts of Faith broadcast today. Now, all of this week, we have book offer number 7520. It's the book entitled, When Jesus Prays Through You formerly entitled Jesus Our Intercessor. It's 131-page paperback for $11 plus $4 postage handling, a total of $15. Did you know that under the Old Covenant there was no intercessor? 
In fact, we pick up on a scripture in Ezekiel that says, I sought for a man among them that should make up the hedge and stand in the gap before me for the land that I should not destroy it, but I found none. Therefore I poured out mine indignation upon them. I have consumed them with the fire of my wrath. Their own way have I recompensed them on their heads, saith the Lord. You know, under the old covenant, there was no intercessor. Then Isaiah, the 53rd chapter, says, Therefore I will divide him a portion with the great, and he shall divide the spoil with the strong, because he hath poured out his soul unto death, and he was numbered with the transgressors, and he bare the sins of many, and made intercession for the transgressors. Talking about Jesus. Jesus is our advocate. He is our paraclete. He is the one that is the consoler, the comforter, the intercessor. They did not have an intercessor. There was intercession under the old covenant, but it was through mankind. Moses made intercession for Israel. God said, I'll wipe them out and make me another people from your descendants. And he said, you can't do that. He interceded on their behalf. But today we have supernatural intercession that comes by the anointing of God, by the Spirit of God, through the Holy Spirit. This book will give you great insight into that. That's offer number 7520 for a total of $15. We have a toll-free order line. 1-877-396-9400 1-877-396-9400 Until tomorrow, this is Charles Caps reminding you that the enemy is defeated, God is exalted, and Jesus is coming soon. To order the product offered today, call 1-877-396-9400 or write Charles Caps. P.O. Box 69, England, Arkansas, 72046. A complete list of CDs, books, and DVDs are available online at charlescaps.com. Through the website, you can listen to this radio program again and subscribe to our podcast. This broadcast is sponsored by Charles Caps Ministries and our listeners in this area.